podcast where we are all about taking our next steps with Jesus and learning about people who've done so. So hope you guys had a Merry Christmas and you're preparing for a Happy New Year. Today, we have a very special guest with me. His name is Terry Rathman. Oh, welcome, Terry. I'm the guest. Oh, you're the guest. Absolutely. That's really cool. So what's really unique about Terry is even what he has on. His hat, hat says hope. His sleeve says Psalm 19.1. I mean, there's a story. Is, is a, what do you call that? Your vest has a Romans 116 on it. So um, there's a story behind all this story. But so Terry, just tell us who you are and um, and where you came from. Tell us the Terry story. Where'd you come from? Where'd you grow up? All that kind of stuff. Well, I started out as a child. <laughs> yeah, I was born in actually Providence, Rhode Island. Okay. And I was up there, born there because my mom and dad were up there, obviously. Okay. But my dad was a conscientious objector, World War II. Okay. And he did that because he was doing what the church told him to do. Yeah. Of course, when other people in that church got the draft notice, yeah, they went. But my dad went up there. But while he was up there, he went to Bible school. Okay. Because he was a young Christian. Okay. And that's a neat story in itself. Okay. And of course, his life affected my life. Yeah. Or my desire to know the word. Yeah. And So tell us what that is. Tell us your dad's story. My dad's story. Um, let's put it this way. The second night that he picks mom up, my future mom, mm -hmm. uh, picks, her, picks her, uh, her up, her mother, my grandmother, mm -hmm. said, got right in his face and said, when are you going to get saved? Oh, wow. Okay. That's pretty direct. So they're telling this story. First date or second date? Second, second, second date. Second date. Okay. All yeah. right. Mom and, gets in his face and says, when are you going to yeah, get saved? And, um, it was not long after they went to church. Those were dates. Okay. And uh, went to a country church, I, okay. I was told. And he was going in there with a really bad attitude. You know, I'm going to show this. This is crazy. You know, why am I going? Mm -hmm. But uh, he got saved. Wow. On the way home, the story goes, he threw a lot of stuff out the car window. Oh, really? And never went back to it. His life was completely changed. Wow. Wow, that's awesome. Yeah. He On was such a, very, a slender thread did your existence come uh, into play, right? He was, he was a very, a very smart guy. Um, he went to seventh grade and skipped two grades. Okay. And he had to go, had to go to work. So you're a smart guy yourself. So brilliant trends in the family then, right? Well, I don't know. I'm, <clears throat> I just, a product of my environment. <laughs> I don't know, a little genetics in there too, right? Yeah. Well, uh, dad has an interesting story. He had a real thirst for the word. And when they finally moved back down to uh, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. uh, back to Pennsylvania, I was already there. They moved me back after I was born. Wow. I was brought back, I was told, in a, in a big cardboard box that mm -hmm. had Wheaties flakes boxes in it. Okay. So they always said, that's where you got all your athletic ability <laughs> by coming home in a Wheaties box. Sniffing the Wheaties box. I yeah, like it. crazy. That's but cool. um, he went to, uh, uh, on the train, he lived in Reading, Pennsylvania, mm -hmm. and he would go down to the Philadelphia School of Bible down yeah. there. And uh, they wouldn't let him in at first. He said, just give me a try. And after two years, they said, you want to write up your dissertation. Wow. So that's a whole, so many great stories right. about that. But he had a thirst. He taught um, our Sunday school kid class, boys. Mm -hmm. And we, I had him from 
probably fifth grade up to 12th grade. Okay. Yeah. Wow, your dad. Yeah. So did he, your, when you said he wrote a dissertation, did he earn his doctoral degree? No, he never did Delta? that. No. Okay. Um, he just wanted to be able to go tell. Yeah. And he was a mono, a mono person. Yeah. That's what evangelism is. That's what discipleship is. Right. It's, it's one-on-one. One. And I'm, now you don't know this people, but I am somewhat deaf. Uh, actually, I'm a lot deaf, but God <laughs> has shown me that I can use that because the best way I operate, or God operates through me, is through my deafness because I, it encourages me. It makes me want to do one-on-one. Yeah. That's why I like playing golf. Yeah. That's why I like playing in bands. Right. And all that stuff in the past. And, but, um, so you've got a lot to, tell, to catch us up on. So you're born in Providence, Rhode Island. You go back to live in, in Pennsylvania. Your dad is going to the Philadelphia College of the Bible. He, your Sunday school teacher. He's a smart guy. And, and you're a smart guy, too. So, so tell us about what was it like growing up and reading Pennsylvania? <clears throat> um, actually, it was a little town near there. Okay. Uh, we could have lived there, but he wanted to move to where grandma was. And my mother, we lived with my grandma. Okay. On your dad's side or your mother's side? My mother's side. Okay. All right. My dad's side is a dark side. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Anyway, that, Sorry about that. that's another story too, what happened okay. there. But yeah, we live with grandma. And um, let me tell you something. To have a grandma that prays for you is something else. Yeah. She knows your footsteps coming up the steps and she would be saying your name while she's praying on her knees. Wow. You'd hear the word Terry. Wow. Special, absolutely. Yeah, and my mother, you probably met my mom. She, yeah. she was had the gift of helps. Miriam, yeah, she she had the gifts of helps. Uh, she lived the word, absolutely. Oh wow! And did she make little baby outfits and things like that? Oh yeah, I think all of our children the, got the blanket one. you were looking at. That's right. I bring my prayer blanket in that yeah. she made for me. We when I lived with her, she went through the dementia stage for four years. I lived with her. Mm-hmm. Um, even Pastor Jeff said one morning, "You need to find your niche." And he said, "There's two people I know have a niche. Yeah, they make blankets for people. Yeah, and we would give to uh, send them out to missionaries around the world. Yeah, and also give them to the newborns at Parkwood. Yeah. So, so your mom made blankets for people." Later on in life, but she also made blankets for you too. That's when you were a baby. So, are you the oldest? How many brothers? I'm the oldest, and I should know better. Okay, that's what I would usually get the best weapon of everybody when we they followed me. (laughs) Okay, and and but that that was good. I needed it. Yeah. Yeah. So they looked up to me. I burnt the trail, so called, for the Rathman brothers. I have two other brothers. Okay, and we. I learned to play the trumpet. Okay, and we um, played trumpet trios all around the eastern coast. Wow, from Maryland up. Wow, up to uh, New York. Yeah, a lot. They back in those days used to have rally days. Yeah, Sunday school rally days. Yeah, they'd call us and um, we would sort of pep them up a little bit. And there was a little bit of humor in it. Yeah, <laughs> I don't have to tell you who it was. Yeah, but I had a, my younger brother David who lives in Reading, Pennsylvania still. Okay. Um, he was my conscience. He would always try to pull me back. And okay. so it was sort of like a Abbott and Costello type thing, and everybody just loved it. And we didn't know that. That's what they loved. They didn't like a horn playing. Yeah. But we we did that. So we were always looking for a chance to um, talk about Jesus, but also play the horn. 
cool. And show them that brothers can get along. Yeah. yeah. We, I miss my brothers. I miss doing that, but, uh, God used it That's so many awesome. ways. Yeah. Yeah. So, so tell me, what are your brother's names? David, uh, he's up in Pennsylvania. He's the middle brother. Or he's the middle brother. Okay. He, he has his master's degree in mathematics. Okay. He taught, uh, math in high school. Okay. That was a Votech school. Okay. But he developed a course, a competency course okay. where the kids did it on their own. Mm-hmm. And they take a test, try again. Yeah. And, um, mm. but he had kids in a tech class, tech, voc tech like right. setting where he called them the cream of the crap. <laughs> he had some of the kids really smart. They get into it because they could go at their own pace. Cool. Now, you can't imagine that happening today, I don't think. Yeah, because they get everybody got to go forward. together, whatever. But right. uh, he's he also uh, arranged music. Mm-hmm. He could look at a piccolo solo and play it on a tubo. He could transpose it into the right key so he could play it. Wow. We all learn to transpose because many times people ask us to play this. Right. We have the music, and if it's a B flat trumpet, mm-hmm. sorry, uh, <laughs> you have to just play up one known, one full step up right, and add two sharps. So if you have two flats, shit, flats are mm-hmm. canceled by sharps. So then right. you would play with no, you play in a key of C, no flats or sharps. Right. So you have to learn how to do that. Right. But, um, but, you know, being able to do that in the church we were in, we had an orchestra. Wow. At least 12, mostly brass. Okay. And that's unheard of today. Yeah. <laughs> a bunch of trumpets and trombones yeah. and all that stuff. Yeah, we played them all. I played the French horn. In fact, when I was drafted into the Army to get out of duty in basic training, mm-hmm. they said, anybody want to, you know, uh, do an audition for the first Army band? Yeah. Yeah, I'll do it. Yeah. So I walk in there and I tell the guy, uh, he says, well, what do you play? I says, well, what do you need? Yeah. <laughs> and uh, he said, well... He said, how about French horn? He guessed right. There's only two I can play, trumpet and French horn. Okay. So I passed an audition. Okay. On that, and I got orders to go to the music school. Okay. But I was when I was drafted, I was in the induction center, mm-hmm. and we counted off by fives, mm-hmm. and the fives were in the Marines. Okay. And I said, you know, I already had some college behind me. Mm-hmm. I said, I need to go back and talk to the guy. He said, you can pick whatever you want. Okay. So I went back to him. I said, is it possible? I said, I, I like that signal analyst thing. Yeah. He said, yeah, we'll sign you up. You sure you don't want to do, do a foreign language? I said, no, I have a tough time speaking English. <laughs> so anyway, um, that um, MOS, Military Occupational Skill, mm-hmm. um, I served overseas doing spying. Wow. I was a... Um, so how old was this? Were you when this happened? Pardon? How old were you when this happened? Uh, I already had out of four years of college in. Okay, already had four years of college in. Yeah, okay. sorry. That's okay. Where did you go to college? I went to a little school. Well, first I went to Delaware Valley College, Delaware Science Valley and Agriculture in Philadelphia, above okay. it, Doylestown, actually. Okay. And I went there because what was so intriguing, I could play basketball there. Yeah. So you're an athlete too. Well, part of your sort story. of. Okay. And then um, uh, it was a small school, good professor to student ratio. Yeah. And um, I could get some money to go there, a little money for basketball too. And uh, 
I went to go to go for landscape architecture. Okay. But chemistry was so easy. <clears throat> In fact, I got to, to earn money. The professor asked me if I, he knew I needed some money. It was a private school. Right. Founded by a rabbi. Huh. Interesting. To train Jewish men to go back to Israel huh. in science and agriculture. Wow. That was another thing that intrigued me to go there because ever since a, a pup, right, our, our dad, we had Isaiah 53 on the back sides of both hands. Interesting. Uh, because his clientele, his customers were Jewish. Okay. And that was all we always looked forward at dinner time when he came home. He'd have a story yeah. about leading or put, shall we say, putting a pebble in that person's stone yeah. where the customer his would say, I think I need to talk to my rabbi. Yeah. And he said, go ahead, bring him back. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you put a pebble in their shoe. Is that what you mean? Yeah. Yeah. The pebble. That's cool. So yeah. when you were in high school, um, did you graduate on time? Did you graduate early or anything like that? Because no, you're a smart no. guy too. So, and you have another younger brother named Dennis. So you're David and- and Dennis, Dennis is the youngest. He right. has a PhD in solid state physics. Okay. And he was in the research staff at MIT. Is that MIT. Right? Very good. Okay. I thought I remember yeah. that. All right. So back to your story. I want to make sure I got the family in order there. One other question I want to ask you. We skipped the childhood. A lot of great childhood. So, um, but what did your dad do? You said your dad had customers was, that were Jewish. Uh, his first job he worked with uh, in construction mm -hmm. with one of the people at the church. Uh, Clayton Weber, he had to build homes mm -hmm. and he was such a great uh, discipler of my dad because mm -hmm. they'd be doing something. My dad would go to him and say, what are we going to do? We got this problem. And he says, don't worry. Yeah. I'll have an answer in the morning. Hmm. You know what that means, right? He went home and prayed about it. Yeah. Next morning he had an answer. Wow. So that was really great. But he got cool. eventually got into sales mm -hmm. and he worked for lifesavers. Okay. The neighborhood had a lot of lifesavers around Christmas time. Okay. He worked for wise potato chips. Okay. But then he finally ended up a couple others. He ended up working for American greeting cards mm -hmm. and that's where he had a lot of uh, Jewish customers, you know, right. uh, pharmacies and all that stuff. So man, you got a dad sells lifesavers. He sells Hallmark cards. I mean, he's got it all, right? Yeah, he did it all. That's yeah. cool. He he sold Jesus mainly. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Sounds like that was a really pivotal part of his life because of his experience at the College of the Bible and yes. with your mom and <clears throat> getting saved by the challenge. Yeah. He of your... had a very good bit of the uh, the scriptures memorized. Wow. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so back to you. So now you've been, you've gone through college at Delaware Valley College. Oh, then I, I went year there because it was just too much money. And, and I, since I decided to major in chemistry, I could then transfer okay. back to a school where I could commute. Mm -hmm. And mom and dad were fine with that because it's, I'm going to pay for my education. Mm -hmm. What was the name of that school? Kutztown. Kutztown University now. Okay. okay. Back then it was Kutztown State College. Okay. Yeah, and they had a pretty good chem department. Um, uh, it was really good. And so chemistry is a big deal for you. All right. So you, did you graduate from Cookstown and then go into the army or did they draft you before you got I, out? I had, well, it's a long story. Okay. Um, I, uh, before doing a ninth semester, because at a small school, some courses aren't offered 
every so often. Right. And I want to make sure I took every chemistry course they had, uh, all the necessary math mm -hmm. and some biology as mm -hmm. well, microbiology, you know, all that stuff. Right. And um, I asked my dean, a man, if I, this extra semester is going to be a problem with the um, draft board because this is 1966. 66, okay. Yeah. And um, to make, long story short, before I go to my ninth semester, I get my draft notice. Okay. I went to both draft boards, local, state. Yep. And uh, they said, why do you want to go to graduate school? Uh-huh. <laughs> I said, just let me finish my undergraduate. Right. But God used that whole time. Mm. It was sort of a downtime. But I think having been away from home that first year of college, mm -hmm. I was ready to go away from home. Right. And it was a time also that I really much closer to God, mm -hmm. you know, in difficult times, thank the good Lord for difficult times because that's when we turn to him. So did you go that night semester or did you go straight into the military? I, I didn't finish. I didn't even go. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah. Okay. And, um, so I went to the draft. I went to a place, you know, and I get drafted. Well, anyway, I got drafted. And then you're in boot camp and all that stuff. And yeah, then they find all. out you can play and, I and, took the trumpet along with me. I, I shaked yeah. up a couple of places with taps and stuff and Reveille. Yeah. Yeah. But that, that didn't get in big trouble. So then while you're in the army, because you auditioned for the band, was that your role? Were you, or did you, you said you were also I went, a signal? I, went, I became a signal analyst. Signal analyst. I went did to you play too? That there's an army band where you play sometimes? No. No. Okay. No. Okay. I played golf in the army. But <laughs> okay. <laughs> believe me, I played serious golf. That's when I really learned to play. Okay. Um, and you, by the way, Terry is a scratch golfer. He is, he can scratch and make birdies all day long. Yeah, right. <laughs> Not anymore. Oh, well, I've seen you. No, I've seen you. I've seen you do no, your stuff. No, no, no. Absolutely. So tell me this, you said the signal caller. All right. And that as part of being the signal caller for the army that you were kind of like a spy. Is that what you mean? Oh, tell, yeah. us, tell us about that. Well, I really can't tell you or I have okay. to kill myself. Okay. Uh, but I, Tell us what you can tell us. The first, as this puts way, the training was one year. Mm -hmm. The next second year, I had to do two extra years because of picking what I wanted. Right. Um, I'd served overseas. Okay. Uh, I went to a place that people wanted to go to Nam instead of stay there. Mm -hmm. It was a uh, an island, and uh, there was a woman behind every tree. Okay. There were no trees. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Woman behind every tree. Okay. But uh, it was great duty. It was it, very busy, very challenging. Mm -hmm. uh, but then when I came back, I went and was a, uh, assigned to be a teacher, instructor okay. at NSA. Okay. And um, National Security Agency. Yeah. So you came back after being a signal analyst. Yeah. And they, went, they put you to work for the NSA. Were you still in the Army? Yep. Still okay. in the Army. But you worked for the NSA in the Army. Okay, right. Good. I'm Thanks getting for this. putting that together. No, I'm learning. I'm, yeah. I'm figuring this out. But when I got out, I finished my chemistry degree. I went to night school at Maryland because mm -hmm. Fort Meade, where NSA is, mm -hmm. uh, I could commute down at, at night school. Okay. And they had no problem with me taking classes. So did you end up graduating from Maryland? No, I just took enough courses. So when I got back, okay. uh, I want to take a couple more chemistry courses, then I'd be done. Okay. 
I taught high school one year. Okay. Um, so was that while you're still in the military? Pardon? That was after you get out of the military? Once you finished being a signal caller? Okay. I was in the military, but I was also assigned at NSA. Right. Okay. Right. I got out, finished school, got my undergraduate degree in chemistry. Okay. Taught high school chemistry one year. In Maryland. and Which was a cool story. Yeah. It was a rival college, rival high school when I was in high school. Okay. In basketball. So and you we were, beat you, them when you I You were close enough to where you grew up yeah. in Maryland that you taught at a rival high school. What was the name of the high school? Cookstown High School. Cookstown High School. And what was the one you taught at? Same hunt. Oh, really? One. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Uh, that was a neat story. Um, we don't have to go into it, but the, let's put it this way. The superintendent and the principal of the high school knew me. Okay. Because of the basketball. Yeah. They said, we want him. Okay. So tell us a little bit about that. You jumped over some important athletic skills. Tell us about your well, basketball career. Well. You played some in college. Oh, yeah. I played a little bit in college, but. Uh, when you're in a science, yeah, there's a lot of labs. Yeah, and if they give you unknowns, you have to spend extra time in the labs. Right, but them I out. didn't mind that. I'd rather do the, the science than play the basketball. Right, because I was able to play golf while I was in college. Okay, so say more about that. Yeah, so because um, you're a scratch golfer, you become very good, and you stayed very good. The the uh, the time when I was in the army, that's when I really turned became a golfer. Okay, I wasn't a golfer until actually it was one of my first year at Delaware Valley. Mm -hmm. You started. There was yeah, there was a guy on the basketball team, and he kept saying, "Go out uh, for the team." I said, "Oh, that's for old men to play. I'm not playing that." Yeah, but I they had an instructor in January. He was mm -hmm. a a pro mm -hmm. showed how to hold a club and they had a place somewhere in the athletic building, hit mm -hmm. balls into the net and mm -hmm. I would hit balls into the net. Mm -hmm. And to make a long story short, I get, I didn't make the team officially. Uh, I played an intramural and by dumb luck, I won the intramural. Okay. I went from shooting above a hundred to shooting in the eighties. Okay. Awesome. And, um, so, <laughs> uh, well, uh, that was just amazing to be able to do that. Right. But the first match I ever played in, oh, they had one match that they let me play in with another against another college. And back then you played points. It wasn't okay. metal. So you could have a bad hole and it doesn't count it. You just lose the hole, lose mm -hmm. that point. Mm -hmm. Well, uh, it was this basketball player that got me to play. Okay. And um, I was so nervous. I was so nervous when I played. I'm I'm saying you were telling people this is an old man's game. Yeah. But you're all by yourself. You have nobody you can complain. Right. To, you got to depend you know, on your own skills. You, yeah, your own. And um, I had played in basketball games, critical foul shots and stuff. Uh, but, but I loved it. Yeah. It was so competitive, and I couldn't blame anybody else. It's all me. Mm-hmm. And um, – I lost, they, back then he had five, I, I lost the front nine by five points, meaning okay. that guy won five holes. Okay. But I got it back with three holes to go. Okay. I got it where I'm three up on okay. the backside. Wow. Okay. Which means if I win that side, I'll win some points. Okay. I blew it all up. Oh no. We lost everything on my points. So I was really discouraged, mm -hmm. but they all did a good one on me. This is what they did to me. 
So I gave my scorecard in and says, I'm sorry, coach. That was the pro that showed me a few months earlier how to hold it. Yeah, we were, you know, we knew you would have fun. And I said, well, I'm sorry, but I blew it. Look it, I lost. And Thief came out to tell me uh, that all we need to do is tie the guy. Okay. And I didn't do that. Okay. And uh, and the, the pro, he looks at me and says, Terry, we weren't counting on you for any points. Okay. We were just wanting to have fun with you. Oh, okay. He's messing with you. Put man. all this pressure on you and see how you reacted. Yeah. And that was the best gig that ever anybody ever pulled me on a golf course. Oh, that's interesting. Yeah. So, so this was for the golf team at the college? Yeah. One thing I need to add about the Delaware Valley. Yep. Uh, being a freshman, they put me with a sophomore. Okay. I had no idea why. Mm -hmm. But God had an idea why. He was a very religious Roman Catholic. He went to mass and all that. Mm -hmm. He played on a football team. I had to help him out of bed on the weekends mm -hmm. to go to mass. Wow. But the best thing, it was the second night. And I said, Jim, are you awake? He said, yeah. You know what we should be doing? He said, praying. I said, yeah. We prayed together. Wow. Every night. How cool is that? that year. Yep. I got to give him Jesus. Jesus, Jesus. And when you hear a person coming back saying that it's Jesus only, yeah, they're on the road. Yeah. Yeah. So awesome. that was so cool. God, in so many ways, is leading the path. A lot of times I think I'm leading it. And even when I mess up, mm -hmm. he still uses you. He still uses you. Yeah, you get you humble yourself, which we need. Mm -hmm. Because when we start thinking me, that's when we start thinking less of the right, right. Right. One of the things that you constantly say, and for those of you that are watching Terry and Daryl Robinson are my prayer partners on Wednesdays. And, and one of the things that's a mantra for you is the mantra more of thee and less of me. Amen. Really cool. Good old John. He wrote that it's towards the end of mm -hmm. the book of John, the gospel of John. Mm -hmm. Um, it is. It, it, it is. And it's only through the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. yielding to him. And most times, like I said, a couple times now, yeah, it's in the hard times yeah. that we do that. And that's why we should give thanks to God in everything, especially the hard times. It, it's the way it is. Right. Yeah. So, you know, let's go ahead. I have a quickie thingy. I, I read this for C.S. Lewis guy, uh, you, you know, Jesus went through several, many hard times. How can you imagine fasting for 40 days? Mm. Mm -mm. All right. And then the devil comes and tempts you to eat. Yeah. And you could easily do whatever mm -hmm. he says. Mm -hmm. I wish Jesus would have turned Satan into stone. <laughs> that would be he good. could have done that. Yeah. But he kept him around. Yeah. He kept him around because God uses him, believe it or not. Yeah. He yeah. allows these things. Read the book of Job. Absolutely. So one of the things you can tell about Terry is that everything connects back to scripture and that kind of stuff. So you got us up to the point in your story where you've been in the army. You said you learned to play a lot of golf in the army and you were on a, a desert island somewhere um, managing the signal corps. And then you came back and you taught for the NSA, the NSA school. Then you took some more courses, and then you taught in high school close by to where you'd gone up in high school, grown up in high school. Yeah. 
So then tell us what happens next. Okay, well, I came home one night and I said, gang, I'm going to look for grad school. Okay. And I... Because chemistry became a thing for you. Yeah, I thought I'd go. And uh, the first one I applied to, they came right back, come down and talk. Okay. And I said, don't I need to take some tests and all that? No, just come on down. You'll take tests here. Okay. You just come on down. Bring the family. And what, what school was that? Virginia Tech. Okay. Yeah, Hokey High. Yeah. Great school. And God blessed me with um, an advisor. Mm -hmm. um, I'm just doing the work. I'm just there to get a master's degree. Mm -hmm. And because I get, you know, bump it up a little bit so I maybe get a better job, more decision-making, whatever. Right. And um, <clears throat> my boss comes in and he says, Terry, I see you're not signed up to take the CUMES. Yeah. Uh, for the, you know, for PhD candidates. Well, I'm just here for a master's. You know that. He says, and cumes cumulative. Yeah, cumulative. It's to see you know that you're you're gathering the knowledge you need to have the the shingle of PhD. Right. Right. So you're just trying to get a master's degree. I'm there. And he's trying to get you into PhD program. And I said, I gotta get that first. I don't have enough time. I have a family. And that's um, also you. You're married at one point and have children. That kind of stuff. Yeah, right. My daughter was born when I was in the army. Okay. And my son was born when I was in grad school. Yeah, and did you get married when you were in the army, or? Yeah, okay. during the army. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. 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 And then you had a son and a daughter. Right. Okay. Right. Sons first. What's your daughter's son? first? Daughter's first. What's her name? Kimberly. Kimberly, and your son's name is Philip. Philip. Okay. Yeah. Good. Now yeah. we're we're putting it together, and now you have children, and you're trying to make a living. So while you were at Virginia Tech. Were you working another job as well, or were you a graduate assistant? Well, yeah, okay. Well, the, my boss, Dr. Wolf, he said, uh, Terry, you can skip the master's degree. I said, you can do that? Wow. I said, well, I'll play the game then. I'll do this, that, and everything else that okay. a PhD candidate would do. Yeah. And before I knew it, he said, Terry, he comes in the third year, and the third year he says, you're ready to write up? I said, but I got all this to do. And by write up, you mean write your dissertation? Write up, your dissertation. To finish your PhD. And he said, "Okay, Terry." And um, well, I it was four years till I got out of there. Wow! But I didn't I didn't have to take, it, but I did do some doc postdoctoral work. Mm -hmm. You know, to uh, uh, to round yourself out a little bit. Yeah, I went or did a medical Hershey Medical School then. Okay, like Hershey, where Hershey's bars are made. Pardon? Like Hershey, Pennsylvania, where the Hershey, Pennsylvania, right? Oh, candy yeah. bars are made. They made Reese's peanut butter cups right across the street. Oh wow! They roasted, they roasted peanuts on Tuesday, put it all together on Thursday. Wow, <laughs> so good. That's amazing. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that was cool. a great. That was a an interesting time working in a biological chemistry. Yeah. I was trying to you know do a little bit more biology biochemistry then. Right. And then I did a one, a short one at NASA, okay. where I learned more about polymers, material science. Okay. And then I get, we got a call from a, a small company down here, okay. Lithium Corporation America. Mm -hmm. Yep. They were looking for someone that had all kinds of experience. That's amazing. <laughs> and God worked it all out. <laughs> so let's review: Co high school athlete goes to college, Del Delaware Valley, um, becomes interested in chemistry. Uh, ultimately goes another two or three years to Cooksville College. You're playing basketball there, right, too, yeah. right? You played some? I played only at Delaware. At Delaware. I, but I got to play golf. At, Didn't play golf played, at I got to play golf since it was a local 
a country club, yeah. a Jewish club yeah. where I caddied yeah. and got to play uh, golf there once in a while. Yeah. I knew the course. Fantastic. Oh, it, yeah, that was right. I, um, so we're now we're back down to this. And then you've been to the Army. You got married and you have two children. You go to get this degree at Virginia Tech. You're trying to get a master's. You said, no, you get to skip your master's. You're going to. You're like your dad. Your dad skipped two grades in school, so you skipped two grades in graduate school, right? Hey. You never thought about that, did you? All these uh, 70 plus years. You don't really skip it. You don't skip it. You 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 learn it a different way. You prove you know it. Yeah. That's absolutely true. That's kind of a life theme for you. You learn how to make things as you go along. So now you get your doctorate, you get your dissertation, and you come to work for FMC Lithium or Lithium. Well, I went to the med school. Okay. And NASA. Okay. Where I did the polymer work. Okay. Then I got the call to go to lithium. What did you do at the med school? I worked in a, a what they call a natural product synthesis. Okay. Uh, we were using sugar, glucose, mm-hmm. as starting material to make erythromycin, which okay. is an antibiotic. Yeah. Yeah. I did, I, I did my half and I left. Okay. Um, it was really interesting. What, you did we, the erythromycin and someone else did the mycin. Pardon? You did the erythromycin and somebody else did the mycin. Yeah. You said you did the front half. I'm just trying to be funny. Oh, that's funny. I'm sorry. It's, it's a bad It's a bad day. <laughs> You're getting too much like me. Or uh, I'm getting too no, much like you or something no, like that. Maybe or something like that. So you come down south and you I move. I come down south. Gastonia, North Carolina. I worked at, uh, at the bench. Right. And shortly thereafter, I had a small group and then was the organometatic uh Research director. So when you say you work at the bench, what is that? Pardon? When you say you worked at the bench. I, you did the experiments. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. I wanted to do that. Okay. In fact, the first two weeks, I asked the company if I could go to every place, every unit, every, uh, uh, shall we say, uh, chemical process. Mm-hmm. I wanted to know them. Okay. Because if everything was so integrated, so I okay. wanted to see maybe there's a way I, we can use those capabilities in my work. Right. And also God knew that <laughs> if I ever go on the road, I can represent that company because I know what they can do. Right. If somebody says we need this as a, we can do it. Right. Because getting ahead when I finally was research director, we had developed new products mm-hmm. and I, we weren't getting anywhere. I said, I told the VP of uh, technology. I said, I need maybe go out. So I just looked in the literature, all people up. Hey, I see in a patent, you got this. This is Dr. Rathman, you know, yada, yep. yada. I saw you doing this. Uh, you, did you ever try that? He says, it was sometimes yes, yeah, sometimes no. Mm-hmm. I said, well, that's interesting. And I would say, you know, I'm sometimes up there in that area. And I'll stop by, give a little talk, maybe help you people learn more about the products that we have. Mm-hmm. And that's what happened. Okay. I burned a bridge behind. and. When the, the people at Lithium back then, it was FMC, they said, um, now, Terry, uh, you know, you can't go back to research R&D, okay. but you have access to them. Okay. Uh, you're burning the bridge. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, that's okay, but can I take my golf clubs along with me? Yeah. And they said, definitely take your clubs. Right. Because I didn't realize a long time ago that that golf would get me in the door. Yeah. And those people became that I'm seen, mm-hmm. they became decision makers. Right. And that's where you want to speak. Absolutely. So I would go in the back door and our sales guy, I'd be the soft sell. 
And our sales guy, he would come and give him the price. So you've been a research and development guy. That's what the R&D was for. You did that for a while. And then you essentially became almost like an infomercial guy for the company. And then your sales guys would come up behind you. You would do a presentation. You would show how this was going to work to help the company. And you kind of became the person that was the the soft sales guy. And the hard sales guy would come in and say, well, how much are you going to buy? And how much is it going to cost? And all that kind of stuff. But But your golf stuff became a big influencer. But if there was a problem, who are they going to call? Me. Yeah. Yeah. And eventually, as I was telling you earlier in the parking lot, um, I had such a good relationship with these people. They would call me. When are you going to come visit? Yeah. That was blew my mind. So people that you're selling to kind of became members of your family. Tell me what you're telling me. That a lot of times your, your business manager would say, where's your hotel and that kind of stuff. You said what? Yeah. Uh, it was interesting. They would look at my... Uh, my trip report, where's the, uh, where did you stay at? Oh, I stayed with my customers. <laughs> you stayed in their houses because you're such a good friend. And I said, that's well, cool. we play golf. Okay, that's good. Yeah, that's awesome. But I was all about trying to show them the best way to do things. Mm-hmm. When, they, when they have a, a hot product that looks pretty good and they want to send it through the protocol for testing it, mm-hmm. a new drug, mm-hmm. uh, they have a brainstorming session. They would call me for that. And back in the 90s, they were using a lot of the lithium products. Mm-hmm. Well, and half of them were using some of our technology. How about that? Because it's very expedient. Right. Not necessarily low its cost, but very expedient. That's the important thing. Right. Because 10%, only 10% of the cost of any drug is for the production of it. Right. It's about promoting it and everything else too. All right. So bring yeah. us up to speed now. So by this time, you've gotten involved in local church. Did you always go to Parkwood Baptist Church? Uh, I played musical. We played musical churches for a while. We used to go over to Calvary Church. Calvary Church in Charlotte. Saw, mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, Rocks Roads. Was, yep. Yeah. But that was too far. And they were building and I went to Parkwood. Mm-hmm. And I really liked uh, Ned Matthews. Right. And uh, that was an interesting story, too, because we had many talks. Mm-hmm. And he started using science in his, his sermons. Yeah. And I would perk up when he would say, there. now the son, he was using just like the scriptures. Right. Uh, Jesus and everybody else, God speaking through the prophets, mm-hmm. they use examples from creation right. to make a theological point. Right. So let's do that right now. Your, your whole uniform tells a message from scripture. You, you got, so what does Psalm 19 one say? You got that on your sleeve. The heavens, show that to everybody. Yeah. There you go. The heavens declare the glory of God, and the firmament or the sky shows his handiwork. Right. And um, that's why I use my telescope when I go out. Yeah. Uh, because the heavens tell not only his glory. Right. The heavens tell about his righteousness. Right. Tells about his faithfulness. Right. It tells also about his love because it says, it says, uh, it's, I'm not, saying exact, but it says as high as the heavens are, that's how high my love is. It's right. higher. Right. And now that we know that the universe is expanding and there are 11 verses in the scripture, it says that God is stretching it out. Right. Like a tent, mm-hmm. like a fabric, which Einstein even called it, right. believe it or not. Mm-hmm. It's all, through, it's all there. All the biggies are there. In fact, we know about prophecies, things happening. Mm-hmm. 
if we were used and people use the Bible for an archaeology book, mm -hmm. a guidebook, it can also be used as a guide for science. Wow. Physics and chemistry and all those things. Right from the beginning. Yeah. In the beginning, God, from nothing, something appears. Right. Right. And that's exactly, it's only been a hundred or so years that they finally admit, yeah, it had a beginning yeah. and they all resisted. Even our friend Albert right. resisted it. You mean the scientific community. Right. So science and religion oftentimes are at odds with one another, right? Instead of No, they're not at odds. Yeah, they're, they're not, well, but that, they choose to be at odds, right? Well, it, but that was started by the church. Yeah, that's right. Hmm. You know. Like Galileo, worth, worth yeah. the slat, all that kind of stuff. Yeah, they were following the back then. There, he was arguing against what the the science was, right? And he he said, "Look, it's right here." Yeah, you have to get your frame of reference when you do your interpretation. Yeah, you have to do your initial conditions, and that's exactly what Genesis uh, one two has. Yeah, tell us about that from a scientist's perspective. Tell us about Genesis one two. Well, Genesis, I think uh, there's a guy named Terrace Thomas. Mm -hmm. He's a natural theologian. Mm -hmm. Um, he thinks this, so. A natural theologian this, basically he, takes scientific principles and talks about how they apply to God and the study yeah. of God. Well, he states that he believes that the scientific method, as we hear it, you know, mm -hmm. comes from the scriptures, from well, the theolo theological method. Mm -hmm. Because when you interpret something, you have to know the frame of reference mm -hmm. and the initial conditions, mm -hmm. and that you know. Now, in terms of natural phenomenon. Genesis 1, 2 has it. Mm -hmm. It says, what was the earth was covered, was covered with water, right? Right. right. It was dark. Mm -hmm. There was no life and it wasn't fit for life. That's right. a, my translation. That's what it really means. Right. But there's, those are the initial conditions. Right. Just like science. And also there's a frame of reference. And the Holy Spirit was hovering over, over the, the surface of the deep. That's where the story is told from in Genesis 1. And then God said, let there be light. And then he creates land. He creates animals. He creates you. He creates me. All right, so second verse. Look on the front of his uh, vest right there. That's the verse, Romans 1, oh, 16. that's a not ashamed. Okay. It's the power of instance under salvation. Okay. Yeah. You're not ashamed of the gospel Not ashamed. Christ. Okay. Not ashamed. So on one sleeve, you're using science. On their, the other sleeve, you're using um, theology and basically spirit. So one of the things that I notice about you is you have this ability to marry together things that people think are not married together, like science and religion. Absolutely. God invented science, right? You, the scriptures prove it. But also you've got this cap that says hope on it. So what's the story behind the, the cap? Well, I started wearing the hope hat when I saw there was a, uh, like a science meeting, actually was... Uh, a lot of pharmaceutical companies meeting at Hope College in okay. Michigan. Yeah. In Holland, Michigan. Mm -hmm. and, it's a great uh, Christian school. Pardon? It's a great Christian college, isn't it? Hope College? Yeah, yeah. 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 And, um, well, I think also the, yeah. Well, I went to it, and I when I walked in the bookstore, I saw um, Hope hats. Yep. I bought a lot of Hope hats. In fact, I wore it so much, my, my daughter's first child, Middle name is Hope. Oh, really? Cool. Yeah, so they're catching on. Everybody was catching on. I like it. Yeah. It's amazing when you wear things like this, just like my license plate. Right. And your license you, plate you, says, 
RD, your Bible. RD, your Bible. That's <laughs> yeah. right. RD, you are B-I-B-L-E, right? Or You're right. Like you got it. Right. No E. That's yeah. right. Yeah. Yeah. We need to show that our belief, our trust, which is a better word, right, is in something that's real. Right. It explains reality. Christianity has the best explanation for reality. Mm. Answering the questions of origin, mm-hmm. meaning, identity, destiny. Right. All of them. And so it, it all goes back to scientists and creations and yeah. all those kind of things. I think. So, so let me ask this question. So bring us up to speed now. You've, you've been in sales, soft sales for FMC Lithium, which became the Lithium Corporation of America. Um, so along the way, you also get interested in the subjects of Christian apologetics. Yeah. The first time I heard the word apologetics, I was going like, are we apologizing? Like it's a bad thing. It's a, it's almost a bad word, but what does apologetics mean? Well, for me, well, the verse is, you know, we should be, be ready to give a defense. Right. Or the hope that is in us. Right. And the Greek word for defense is apologia. Okay. So defending. And so the faith. we're giving a defense. Yep. And as you pray often too, we need to do that in with respect right. and in humility. Mm-hmm. And that, that is Because you can have all the answers, but you can be yeah. a jerk. That's right. That's right. You know, that's another part of uh, interpreting a scripture or even doing science. You come up with a, a conclusion. Mm-hmm. That may not, that's a tentative conclusion. Right. You may not have included all in terms of science. You may, if you're doing something in chemistry and it relates to medicine, maybe I need to more, know more about biology. Mm-hmm. Okay, you're doing an interpretation in Hebrews. Hey, maybe I need to go back and look at something there in other books of the Bible. Mm-hmm. You know that there are 25 chapters mm-hmm. in the scripture, full-length scripture chapters that deal with creation. Wow. There are over 1,500 words dealing with creation. Mm-hmm. It's filled. Wow. I mean, our God is our creator. I wish sometimes, you heard me once in a while, when we pray, we always end Savior and Lord, but I like to add creator. Mm -hmm. The world does not hear us say that enough because we're ashamed to admit he's our creator. If if people would knew that they had a creator and they heard it enough, just saying it is putting a pebble in a person's shoe. Right. I love that phrase, putting a pebble in someone else's shoes. Kind of making them uncomfortable enough they have to think about why the reason for that actually is, right? That's cool. So you've been involved in teaching apologetics classes, not only um, with us, but also at Bethlehem, which is now City Church, and at Parkwood. You're kind of like a traveling missionary. Well, Plus, you work with Southern Evangelical Seminary, right? Yeah. I would go over to SES, yeah, and kept telling them we need to have a science apologetics type curriculum, and they had that now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but um, I think the thing that made me change my career, I was doing well. I was known as Mr. Lithium. Mm-hmm. My middle name is L-E-E. Okay. And I even published papers in scientific journals. Yeah. You know, no pictures, whatever. Yeah. But graphs and charts. Uh, it's Terry L-I. Okay. Terry Lee. Okay. And you can Google it if you want to. It's not worth your time, but... Um, I had notoriety, uh, but I took a mission trip for a 10-day mission trip to Haiti. Mm -hmm. 
And I had one earlier, I to no later. That was with Romania. Everybody needs to go on a mission trip. Mm-hmm. It will change your life. So, what changed your life? That well, that changed. What changed was um, being in Haiti with the kids, and that's who I usually wanted to be with. Mm-hmm. Um, when I got back home, I said I need to do more of that. Mm-hmm. I was just happened to be fifty five. Okay, it was only me. My wife had been gone a while, and um, we still talk. And uh, so you you went through the pain of divorce, and that was part of your life story. I know it's a painful part you don't want to talk a lot about, but by the same token, you're now fifty five, and you come through that. Well, um, I said, I want to do more for him full time. Mm -hmm. This meant I'm no longer Mr. Lithium. Mm -hmm. I'll just depend on him for consulting because Mm -hmm. uh, God set up such a a network for me. We had put together a a newsletter, which we called the Lithium Links. Mm -hmm. You get the reason why I had the word links. Oh, in there? absolutely. That's right. <laughs> because you were consulting. I always played golf where you went consulting. Yeah. And yeah. I tried to link them with you know their chemistry they need to know for their product, mm-hmm. whatever it was. And of course, if given the opportunity, I'm gonna link them with Jesus. Yeah. That's yeah. Cool. So but anyway, I I I retired when I only twenty two years or twenty three years at lithium when I was fifty five. And God immediately filled, filled the bill. Wow. I got a company to work for. And um, I said, the only thing you need to do is pay off the rest of my house. And mm-hmm. I'll go wherever you want me to go, mm-hmm. except India. Mm-hmm. But I'll go if I really have to. <laughs> okay. And uh, he did it. So, so I why, paid, not, why not India? So my, well, it's a joke. Okay. Uh, <laughs> okay. I missed it. So you gotta yeah, get, you're going yeah. too fast. Well, um. I had my house paid off and I knew if I had my house paid off, uh, God can call me wherever I want to go. Mm-hmm. Plus I also had mom and dad here mm-hmm. and um, I knew down the road, I'll be having to watch them right. maybe. And that became a part of my life right. and a great part of my life in honoring my parents by watching after them. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's why I'm probably still here. That's awesome. Yeah. Well, let's kind of bring it in present day now. So you're in your mid seventies now, right? I'm seventy nine. Seventy. Wow, late seventy. You're seventy nine years old. I'll probably stay there for ten more years. Lord, wow, willing. that's amazing. But yeah. you've you've really kind of become a caregiver for your whole family in some ways, right? So you've got some family members that are sick, and like your younger brother Dennis, that uh, he's got early dementia. Those kind of things that have happened in his mind, and those kind of things. That's really cool, though. That's what older brothers, that's what the oldest brother does. Yeah. As a matter of fact, impressed me that today as we're having this conversation, you said, well, I've got to get through so I can spend time talking to my brother on FaceTime in Massachusetts to make sure that he's eating a soup. Yeah. I mean, that's just the fact that you care about those little things about other people is really unique about you. That's just natural. Come on. Yeah, it is. That's cool. Though. It's the glory to God. Yeah. It's not me. It's the spirit. Answering to that spirit. Absolutely. Yeah. So you've got all kinds of wisdom for us. I want to ask you kind of some random questions. Just some th- that you pick between things. So you traveled all over the world. 
right? Yeah. Would you rather travel if you had a choice in America or somewhere else in the world? Where would you rather travel? Is there? A, was, I never thought of which I preferred. If I if it wasn't such a big problem to go through the airports, uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> uh, I I really like going to to Ireland and yeah. Scotland okay. and England because on the weekends I could either go golfing or yeah. go to the theater, yeah, musical theaters, yeah. And he, um, the guy that who's the one that wrote? Oh. David Weber Lord. Mm, David Lloyd Weber? Yeah, mm-hmm. whatever. I've heard that name before. Yeah. Um but I'm trying to think of some of the names of them. I can't right now, but, but you really love good musical, but they all have a a theological tone to them. All right. Mm-hmm. Now there's there's you know, there is a something that e- good against evil. Mm-hmm. Um always looking for the truth, always looking to be satisfied. Mm-hmm. Um so if and given the choice should, between going to a musical or going to a movie, where would you go? Oh, musical. Okay. Oh, yeah. Because you like that incorporation of music in the story oh, and yeah. the narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I do musicals at home all the time. Okay. I, I've been practicing my trumpet. I'm thinking, well, I'm going to go play someplace. Well, yeah. I'm going to. God hadn't shown me that. Yeah. But, you know, the more you practice something or sing it, just like you you are trying to memorize a verse, Mm -hmm. it becomes a part of you. You're just doing something and automatically it comes to your mind and you start singing it. Yeah. And you know, that's why a lot of the old Testament are Psalms. They're, they're songs, they're poem, they're prose. It's easy to remember that way. And right. And just because it prose doesn't mean it's not not down to the nitty gritty. It's that way because the people could memorize it. Right. So let me ask you some other questions. Since you're a golfer, um, are you a Titleist one guy or a Taylor made guy in terms of your golf ball? Titleist Pro oh, V1? I'm a Titleist guy. There's okay. a difference. Okay. What's what makes the Titleist better? Um yeah, the feel. The feel of it. Yeah. Okay. All right. Oh yeah. Good deal. So and um, there's there's a response too. Yeah. So American golf courses or European golf courses? How about Japanese? Oh, all right, Japanese. Japanese is better. Tell us why, why, why are they better? Oh, going there, I got the name called Terry-san. You know, yeah. they give you the son if you're trying to be friendly and all that. Yeah, Terry-san. Yeah, yeah I got to play with um, the son of the owner of a company that we had a joint venture with. Okay. And um, I brought him along. No, I didn't take my clubs the first time. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they said on the weekend... You want to play golf? I said, really? Because when you work over in Japan, you do a talk in the morning, talk in the afternoon. I do it in English, sometimes with an interpreter. Right. One time there was a simultaneous, <laughs> I went like this, time out. Right. I'm talking, he's talking. I can't think like that. Yeah. And, you know, I'm speaking to mainly PhDs and right. master's degrees, some, and uh, all of them. They're all going time out. They're all they time. all knew. They, they all, all liked knew. it. They wanted you all to slow down. That broke the ice. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. And so was, you play golf with a lot of these oh, guys yes, that you yes, taught? Yeah. Yes. It's a full day. Yeah. It's a full day. Um, Is there kind of a correlation between people who are scientists? They tend to be golfers too? 
Yeah, they they like to figure things out. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Okay. Um, going to their driving ranges is like, you have to make a tee time. Yeah, to get to the driving Hit range. the ball into the net or like here at hang time, whatever, with the big net or top golf, I guess they call right. it. Right. Yeah, that was, yeah. Cool. So many things about you. So, um, I'm sorry. That's okay. No problem. I'm just trying to. I am all over the place. You are, but that's okay. You're kind of like a cross-eyed discus thrower. You don't set any records. I'm glad you're here. Keep the crowd alert. <laughs> anyway, that's good I stuff. think we ought to soon time out. We'll, we'll, we need to time out. So let me ask you one final question. Do you like American food or Japanese food? I really like sushi. Sushi? Yeah. You're a sushi guy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Uh, they tried to gross me out a couple times. I remember one time at night, we're going to, we've, you know, in Japan, in some of the big cities, they'll have a display and show. I don't know how they make it, but it looks like the real meal. Yeah. So you just point. I wow. just point. And they, they go make it. Wow. Well, we go in there sitting at the long counter, mm -hmm. and there we're talking and about the business. And the guy said, "Don't worry about it. We'll we'll get that. We get that job. Don't worry." Right. But anyway, out comes a guy with a big grouper. I mm -hmm. can see the heat. You right. Know, evidence of heat coming off the big fish. Right. And so they plop it down in front of me and they plop the eyeball out. Okay. And put it on my, on my plate. Okay. I says, Lord, thank you for my dinner. I popped it with oh, the chopsticks. No. And he goes, it didn't gross me out. They go, oh, you like Japanese food. Oh, that's funny. So you, oh, and you don't, ever, boy. you don't ever point at anything. Okay. If you point at it, they'll get it for you. Okay. I was warned about it. If they take you to a golf shop. Yeah. Don't point at anything. Yeah. The only thing I ever pointed at was a, a bag tag. Okay. <laughs> and I got it. <laughs> so they're just very hospitable that way in Japan. Oh, yeah. Very good. Yeah. Wow. Well, we could maybe we need to do this version two of this later on, but I know you've got things to do this afternoon to, to call and check on your brother. Before we close, I want to invite you to talk to the folks in the audience and just leave them a word that God has put on your heart for today. Hmm. Well, if I can steal from you. Sure you can. May we have hope. Hope in Jesus. That's our defense. We have to defend the resurrection. Know the resurrection. Mm -hmm. There's so much written about it. Um, know it. So there's a Become scientist a sitting here telling you that the resurrection is real. What a powerful story. <laughs> I love you it. You see who the hope is in? It's in Jesus. I don't I know if you right. can see it. That's cool. Hope in Jesus. Absolutely. And also, like you on Facebook and on your Devo, the little acronym for joy, mm -hmm. put Jesus over you. Amen. Allow that to happen. That's awesome. Yeah. So, Terry, it's Christmas time. And so, while we might be airing this after Christmas, you're going to leave us with uh, a musical rendition of one of your favorite Christmas songs, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Please do that. This is a Christmas present from Terry to end episode 31 of the Next Step Podcast.